DJ and PK, it is time to talk NBA free agency with Dan Feldman, NBA writer for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Dan, good morning. Hey, how you doing? We're doing well. None of us are going to fall into uh, multi-million dollar deals today, though, so we're a little disappointed by that. What about you? You got anything lined up? You know, you never... You never know. Free agency doesn't open till uh, six Eastern, and we'll see what happens. Okay. So, uh, what is the number one storyline? Where is the most drama in your mind? Well, you know, you, you can go a couple different ways. Kawhi Leonard probably will stay with the Clippers, but the chance he does anything is so important, right? If he changes teams, it changes the entire league. I'm not sure there's another free agent out there who has that power. So even the low odds of him moving, uh, you still have to keep an eye on that. Uh, there's a lot of drama around uh, Kyle Lowry. It does seem like a sign and trade to the Heat is likely, but you never know. Uh, nothing is technically allowed to be set yet. A lot of teams are interested in Lowry. Everybody saw that he was attainable. Uh, most free agents end up re-signing with their prior team. Uh, and, and so it seems like that wasn't happening with Lowry. So a lot of teams were interested. And, and then the next question is, if that Lowry signing trade to the Heat does happen, how do these other teams pivot? How do the Pelicans pivot? How do the Mavericks pivot? Uh, you know, where do they go? They've got the money to spend. If they wanted Lowry, who are their plan Bs? Uh, and then how does all that trickle down? What do you think the Jazz could have available to them as far as the mid-level exception? Yeah, so some of this is going to depend on how willing they are to spend it. It does look likely the Jazz will resign Mike Conley. Uh, that's going to put the team uh, into the luxury tax. Obviously, the middle of exception would put them even further into the luxury tax. Uh, you know, I think after trading Derek Favors, Jazz needs some help at center. Uh, I really like Nerlens Noel. I think he's perpetually underrated. Uh, you know. Probably available for the mid-level exception. I'm not sure he's the very best fit in Utah, uh, but he would allow the Jazz to have a more versatile defender in some ways uh, behind Rudy Gobert. Um, maybe uh, somebody like Rudy Gay uh, could be a super small ball backup center, a very different option. Obviously, he could play with Rudy Gobert and prove that, that forward depth, too. Somebody like that could make sense. What do you think about uh, Olenek? Yeah, uh, it makes sense fit-wise. Uh, the Jazz are a team trying to win a championship, obviously, and I, I have some questions about uh, if Col- Kelly Olynyk will find matchups where he's a good enough defender in the playoffs. He might just get deep into the playoffs and say, oh, no, like we cannot play Kelly Olynyk," uh, and that would obviously be a disaster. The Jazz need to find somebody who fits best in the playoffs. Uh, that should be the goal. Given the fact that they are so far over the cap and into the tax, and, and we're going under the assumption here of what you said, that Conley resigns here. The Jazz needs someone to take the minutes when Gobert sits, that used to go to favors. But I think after the playoffs, the Jazz feel like, uh, certainly Jazz fans feel like the team needs another wing player. Which one of those is more important? Because when you talk about Nerlens Noel, he doesn't shoot the three. He's just going to play when, when Gobert sets. Some of the other guys you mentioned – yeah, maybe they could provide both in a kind of a small ball matchup. Yeah, I mean, that's the dream. That's why I mentioned Rudy Gobert as somebody, who, or excuse me, Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gay, uh, as somebody who could maybe do 
both, but it's hard to find somebody who can do both uh, credibly. Kelly Olynyk is one of those guys who could maybe do both, but I also think might wind up doing neither. Uh, I do think uh, that backup center is probably the bigger thing as long as that player can play in the playoffs. Because when you go bare, he can't play 48 minutes. That's going to be a big hole. I think we've seen with the uh, 76ers, uh, at times, without Joel Embiid, uh, that's when they lose games. Uh, they they've dominated with Joel Embiid on the court in the playoffs, and he sits for a few minutes, and that's why they lose. And you don't want to be in that boat. Uh, the Jazz absolutely could use another wing that would help them a lot in the playoffs. It is a big need that's not that far behind uh, backup center, but you can manage your rotations in ways uh, where that's not a huge liability. Backup center could be a huge liability. So a lot of times the way this free agency works in general is they wait for one or two top dogs to decide fo- uh, and figure out where they're going to go. And then other guys start to see movement after that and get slotted in wherever they might fit in the grand scheme of things. But I'm wondering <clears throat> this year with this Ben Simmons stuff out there, does it make it a little different in terms of teams weren't really sure how everything is going to f- play out? until or if he's traded? Uh, to a degree for certain teams. Like, let's say, uh, I don't know if the Knicks have interest in him in particular. There's Damian Lillard out there, too. Um, where I, I think a team like the Knicks that has a lot of cap space, has some draft assets after the uh, Christoph Porzingis trade. Um, depends what you think of their young players. I think opinions vary on them. Uh but they're going to face some choices where, hey, do we want to keep our flexibility, our assets open, or do we want to try and maximize our team? We just had a good year, made the playoffs for the first time in a while, and uh, you know we ca- they have the cap space to become even better next year. But if you use that cap space, uh, maybe it's on players the 76ers don't want. Maybe it's on players the Trailblazers don't want. Then you muck up your flexibility. So I think there are going to be some select teams that face those decisions. Uh, but for most teams, they I don't know what you'd do otherwise, right? You can't just wait on the chance of a Damian Lillard trade. It doesn't sound like any Ben Simmons trades are close with what Philly's offering. Uh, you know, if you're a team that thinks, oh, you know, we're right there on Ben Simmons, we just gotta gotta get these negotiations done, then yeah, you'll probably wait on free agents because you don't want to screw it up. I don't think there's that team that's close. The Lakers took their shot with Westbrook. Are you putting them at the top of the West, or is this a horse race and everybody's got a shot coming down the stretch? I think it's pretty open. I'm I'm not a big fan of what Russell Westbrook brings to that team. There are pauses, no question. The Lakers can win the championship. They are a contender. They're in the mix. But the floor spacing uh, with Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, I don't like it one bit. They have a chance to address it. They can get good shooters around them. Uh, but once you have those three on the court, you can only do so much uh, in those other two slots, especially if Anthony Davis uh, doesn't want to play center. Or, uh, w- w- you know, I do believe uh, he faces greater injury risk at center with all, all the physical pounding at that position. So there's a risk there, right? But if you bring in another center, oh, my goodness, the spacing is going to be be tough. Russell Westbrook uh, does not defend well. Uh, he's very active, uh, but he, his defense isn't actually good. Maybe he'd be better in a better environment. Maybe he'd be more committed. Uh, but we've had a long career of where he's at to know uh, that hasn't happened before. So that seems pretty unlikely to me. But we have LeBron James. We have Anthony Davis. Russell Westbrook is very talented. does a lot of good things on the court. Uh, they have a chance. Uh, but I'd probably put a, the Jazz ahead of them in the pecking order. 
How much interest do you think Chris Paul is going to get around the league? It should be a ton. I, I hear some of these uh, contract numbers floated from three years, $90 million, three years, $100 million. And I'm wondering, like, why isn't the team offering more? Uh, why isn't there pressure on Phoenix to offer the very most uh, they can offer? You know, he, he's still an excellent player. There's risk about how he ages over his next contract. And once he gets to mid-30, signing a three-year, the Suns could even sign him to a four-year contract. Uh, there's a lot of danger on the back end. But he's so good right now. We saw that last season. I think a lot of teams uh, should want him on their team. And uh, I I don't know why he's not getting even more, even though I I understand he's getting a historic amount for a player his age. So do you see anything that's really changing the balance of power in the West that is either has happened or is about to happen, or are we going to have a similar storyline to what we had this past year? And it's going to feel wide open. Feel pretty open. Uh, you know, <laughs> balance of power. Uh, one of the biggest things that's happened is Ka- Kawhi Leonard getting hurt. We still don't know many details of how long he'll be out. That type of injury can vary. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever get those types of details. Uh, but that, you know, obviously changes whether the Clippers are probably, in my mind, the top uh, championship contender in the West or whether they're not really in championship contention. So, so that's a pretty big swing there. Uh, but because these top teams in the West have already uh, used so much of their flexibility, their rosters seem fairly set. I think otherwise it's headed that way unless something crazy happens with Chris Paul, uh, but I'm not expecting that. So you're saying you expect the, Sun, uh, the Suns then to get Chris Paul back? I do. That seems most likely at, at this point. Uh, you know, he opted out, uh, so it'd be on a new contract. That's how they'd structure it. Uh, it just seems all the momentum is that way. But he is a free agent. Other teams can get involved. Anything can happen. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's not a lock, uh, but I think it's far more likely than not. Is Dallas going to put anyone alongside Luka Doncic that is going to vault them into the top tier with everybody else? So I, I do think they will get there into a championship contender. I guess I'm just kind of assuming they're going to get somebody. I don't think they were that far off uh, last year. They played the Clippers very hard, very well. Uh, Luka Doncic is obviously growing. Like I'm just kind of projecting them uh, taking that next step. So being, I'd say uh, on the lower end of that championship contender tier, uh, I don't know who they're going to get, but they've got so much cap space that I, I just figure they're going to bolster their roster somehow, and they don't need a ton to get to the lower end of championship contention. Uh, you know, They need to strike big to, to really move up there, but just to get in the conversation, they don't need much. And the Clippers obviously are a lot of talk regarding uh, Kawhi Leonard, but they all got. They also have Batum. I'm not sure I'm really sold on him as somebody who can really help your team, but nevertheless, he's out there. What type of interest do you think he'll get throughout the league? I guess I'm a little higher on him uh, than you are. I, I, I like how he plays. Uh, he's a, a smart, unselfish player. Can defend, can play on both ends. I think that's a big thing in the playoffs. A lot of times in the playoffs, it becomes about your weakness. Uh, other teams will exploit your weakness. Well, Batum doesn't really have a weakness. He's a, he's a nice, solid, all-around player. If you're a little stronger, I'd like him a lot for the Jazz, for what we were talking about, somebody who can bridge that gap and be a small ball five and be that forward Utah needs. Uh, he wouldn't be the worst option in that role by any means. Uh, if the Jets could get him, uh, I'd like him a lot more than other players that are probably available if you're only spending the mid-level exception or even only a portion 
of the mid-level exception, but a lot of teams will be interested in him because he's that smart, all-around veteran player uh, that fits in anywhere. Dan Feldman, NBA writer for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk, joining us. So the Warriors, are they going to make any moves, or are we basically looking at the core of who they are? And if so, how well do those pieces fit together? It doesn't sound like they're going to do anything. I don't know what's available to them, so it's always tough to criticize the team for not making a trade. But it seems to me they should probably make a trade. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, uh, at least if he's healthy on Clay Thompson, are really good and they fit amazing together. Team could use more help. These guys are getting older. Their championship window is still open, if only just a crack. To me, you got to do everything you can to maximize that. You don't want to waste a year where Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and maybe Clay Thompson are still in their primes uh, because you have some younger players. It's tough. I don't know what's available to them, and maybe there isn't that trade out there. Uh, but I think they could find something. I don't know how much you follow college basketball, but Baylor won it all last year, obviously, and the Jazz got a player who played a pretty good role for Baylor in this Butler kid. Do you think they found something? I do. I, I like him. Uh, I, I had him rated in the mid-first round. Now, there are some health issues. He got red flagged in the pre-draft process, then cleared. So I don't really know what to make of that. Uh, I do kind of wonder whether that's why he fell or if there's something else in his game that I'm missing. If it's, you know, uh, the health issues, then you never know, right? Teams have more access uh, to to health info than I do, and so can project better there. Uh, but it's hard to imagine he had something where he was cleared, where he wasn't a good bet at number 40. Uh, a, a nice, skilled guard. Uh, he can shoot. He can play inside a little. Uh, you know, he, he could fit into the Jazz rotation sooner than later. I, I never want to project rookies for much of a big role. But maybe maybe uh, later in the year, maybe next year, uh, maybe even sooner, right? I mean, some rookies every once in a while uh, exceed expectations. And I think to have a player you get in the second round with even a chance, of cracking the rotation of a championship-caliber team, that's a home-run pick. Well, I think a lot of us are assuming that Mike Conley is going to play 50 to 60 regular season games. If he's got to step into the rotation for 25-ish games, give or take a little bit, can he do that? Maybe. Uh, rookie, rookies tend not to be good. I think people tend to overrate rookies there. They often don't really understand how to contribute to winning at the NBA level. Uh, but again, just to have a chance of that happening with somebody you pick at number 40 uh, is pretty good. Almost every other number 40 pick, you say, well, nope, he's going to need more time uh, to, to help a team as good as Utah. Not happening this year. No way. And so we're, then we're even talking about the possibility. That, that bodes well. Dan Feldman, NBA writer for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk. Dan, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for hopping on with us. Thanks for having me. So free agency, a lot of money spent, but the balance of power only tweaked. No major shocks to it if Kawhi Leonard stays with the Clippers. But in a year where there wasn't much separation, tweaking could be really important. Yeah, but how many times has free agency changed the balance of power? I think you have to include other acquisitions, put it all in the same pot. True story. So it's not just specifically free agency. If you signed a decent player, but you make an important trade... Right, And the thing is that I just don't think there are that many years where we can say there's so many teams bunched so close together all with a chance to win if everything goes right. And everything doesn't go right. Teams get eliminated. Injuries crush you. There's disappointments. Guys don't well, perform. Well, LeBron's gotten older. 
And that is a positive not, for everybody who's not the Lakers. Not that he's any, he may, may not be as productive, but he certainly is very much so as far as productivity I, goes. But if he has an injury, he's probably going to take longer. And you have Anthony Davis, who's brittle. Yes. And I get the the takes on Westbrook, and, and Locke will come on and tell us how inefficient he is, but he provides a lot of energy for a team that may need that. And I get energy. the whole spacing thing. I just wonder how much of the load he can carry and keep the Lakers in games so that LeBron can finish them in the fourth quarter and LeBron doesn't have to carry the load because he's older. Know. He didn't do much in Washington carrying whatever. They didn't win a lot of games. I mean, energy, just drink five Red Bulls for each player there. I mean, <laughs> I want production, PK's, not just energy. PK's halftime talk. <laughs> Red Bulls, let's go! You got to have production. Does he fit? These things are puzzles. I mean, all sports are puzzles, but basketball, well, you can argue, is one of the, if he, not the biggest puzzle piece that you have in terms of making guys fit. And does he fit? That what 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 does he provide as far as three point shooting? Kick not, it out to Westbrook. Yes, right. No, if I'm the right. defense, yes. Don't don't rush out there, guys. He wants to drive by you. Shoot all you uh, want from out there until you prove that you can make it. Easy on that close out there, guys. I mean, I mean, he's a dynamic player, but they already got LeBron James, and he's very dynamic too. And does does the pieces do the pieces fit? It doesn't seem on the surface that this piece is fit. He's a big name, and he's electric, and he's worth watching. He's fun to watch. He plays angry and all that stuff. But does the, the – I don't think that the pieces don't necessarily fit, but do they fit to the point where, well, man, the Lakers are the team to beat? I don't see that. Well, then it's, you circle right back to the pieces fit a lot better if LeBron and AD are healthy and ready to dominate. Yeah, then Westbrook doesn't need to do as much. Right. He's a player. He's not necessarily a big-time player. If those two guys got it going on, well, they're a contender. And until I see otherwise, I haven't seen I, you know, he LeBron's going to be, what, 37? But it's not like I've seen major cracks. The only major cracks I've seen is lack of health, with, and he missed a bunch of games, and obviously Anthony Davis and the team doesn't have enough good players around them. So that's why... As we related to the Jazz, which our listeners care about, that's why you bring back Conley and you try another time. The thing about it, you know, it does make me a little nervous uh, that you you ex- extend him for three years. Where are you in three years? I get that. But at the same time, let's worry about 21, 22. You know, down the road, if it doesn't work, uh, what do you have for it? But you know the team's got to try. You got to do something. You look at the Angels a decade ago. You know signing Albert Pujols. Well, we all knew when Albert Pujols is thirty eight, thirty nine, it's probably not going to work that well. Well, it didn't. Now they didn't really get a whole lot for him. But if you're an Angels fan, don't you like that they tried and and they did something? He was a premier player at the time. And then baseball's different because you could have the best eight-man lineup in the world, and if you don't have enough pitching, what You're difference beat. does it make? Yeah. yeah, so, you know, it's a different sport in that way. It's almost like two sports within one. Once, once you've watched your team try, and once you've watched your team not try, no matter how frustrating it is if they try and don't get it get done, not trying. Fielding a team that you know is not competitive the day training camp opens is not fun. 
It is not fun at all. So if they're trying, I mean, it's a multi-billion dollar business. You hate to pat people on the back for trying. But sometimes you have to because there are people who aren't trying. And so if they sign Conley to this and in the third year it stinks, I don't know that it necessarily will, well, but just assume, worst case scenario, that it does. Well, what, what are they going to do in the interim? Think you're just going to let him walk? And, you know, Mitchell's going to be a free agent, and we already start that countdown. I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because I don't want to just have a cloud. We've got enough clouds today. I don't need another cloud for four friggin' years worrying about what he's going to do. But everybody wants to win. You don't want to be in the Portland situation where you star. Uh, fortunately for them, he's playing it well. He's not demanding anything, at least publicly. But at the same time, you know, you're wasting his time here. He's a premier player, and they're not close to winning. At least this group, I see it, is close. Whether they get it done, probably not. But who knows? Maybe why can why can't you say that they can get it done? I just don't think they're that far. And signing Conley, at least for this season, with risk involved, I think clearly is the right thing to do. DJ and PK, it's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone.